0: Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we're going to talk about the 2008 film Kung Fu Panda. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old little boy.
1: And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an 18-year-old girl, an eight-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy. All right, folks. So this one's a doozy and not the movie. The movie is more or less fine. And everybody knows this movie fairly well. Like we both talked about when we planned on doing this movie, how many times we'd seen it prior to recording. Like I could probably quote this movie in my (laughs) sleep and it's fine, and it's great, and it does a relatively good job of dealing with Asian culture at large. We've addressed that in other places at length. So while we are going to talk about the movie, what we wanted to use this one for was to... Okay, guys, we have talked about bad behavior from actors before, and I have to say, this cast list, as I was compiling information for this, they are like a case study in forgivable sins versus unforgivable sins. What do you allow? What do you tolerate? What is no longer acceptable?
0: With a little bit of, like, I just don't like that person thrown in.
1: Right. There's definitely (laughs) some of that in here, too, and but the scale is such, I think, that we can really get into how much we should tolerate from these people as we go forward. So on that note then, I am going to be talking about the cast a little backwards from the way I normally do. We're not dealing with the main characters first. We're going from good to... Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. So I want to start at the very beginning. And I kind of feel like this is not accidental. Well, all right. We'll start with the dead guy first. Let's start with Michael Clark Duncan, who died in 2012. He... I feel like this is terrible, that this is the noteworthy thing about his life after death, but was apparently dating Omarosa of Apprentice fame. I had no idea. When he died? Yeah. Yeah. And she, I guess, possibly, allegedly, maybe sold off a bunch of stuff. That wasn't hers to deal with.
0: Okay.
1: And there was a scandal afterwards. Relatively, that has nothing to do with Michael Clark Duncan, except for possibly questionable taste in romantic partners, no? So that's where we'll start.
0: Not to speak ill of the dead. (laughs) Not to
1: speak ill of the dead. And relatively, as far as I could find, he was a decent guy. He worked hard. He had things. He died of a heart attack, but um, did fairly well for himself, all things considered, for a really big black guy in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. which is no small feat, really.
0: Right. He had some really um, deep roles, Mm -hmm. which you would expect somebody like him to be just completely typecast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he managed to do some really excellent, excellent work, given his... Size and race And I hate to bring it back to that But let's face it, it's Hollywood They bring it back to that All of the time It's not about me So we also have Dan Fogler Who uh, Most recently Was in The Fantastic Beasts Series As A What's that character's name? Um, Kowalski. Jacob Kowalski. The, yeah,
0: I really like him in that. He yeah, did a good job with that
1: character. Really great
0: in that. Um, Not that there's a lot of great in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but i think he does a good job with that
1: character. I don't know that we'll ever review that one so we can like agree <laughs> to disagree cuz i am surprisingly enamored of both of those films. I I know. I know. We watched the second one and we were both just kind of like
0: what even happened in this movie? What was I liked the point
1: it. of this movie? It was good. I don't know. <laughs> like i'm waiting for the third. That's Okay. All right. All right. Uh he's done some uh, TV. He's done some voice. He seems to be, you know, a man about comedy town, relatively. So that's Dan Fogler. I could not find anything particularly terrible to speak of, which these days is good on you, man. I, I, I mean... I don't know what else to say, really. And who's to say what's going to happen between now and when this releases? Oh, Jesus Christ. No kidding. Okay. So we move on, then, to our rather remarkable people, uh, which... (sighs) I don't know if it's coincidental that they're the Asians or if it's just the way that shook out here. We have, uh, Randall Duck Ken who played master Ogre and he is in his seventies. Now he founded a theater in, uh, Wisconsin, called the American Players Theater. I'm trying to... Who came through that theater? I just looked at this. Okay, the APT um, notables included... Oh, Amy Acker. That was the person that I was trying to remember of uh, Angel fame. So, there we go. He mostly has done a lot of Broadway and Off-Broadway, um, and then, obviously, I think his notable Hollywood role, or it's terrible that this is what he's known for, I guess, but the key master in The Matrix. So there you go. Randall Duck Kim. He was also in Memoirs of a Geisha, if you saw that. Thank you for giving me something better than (laughs) The Matrix. You know there's a fourth one of those coming?
0: Memoirs of a Geisha? No. (laughs) I know. You mean The Matrix. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have James Hong, who is now over 90. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I know he's over 90 years old I know James Hong is the founder of the Association of Asian and Pacific American artists he's also one of the founders of the east-west players which is a theater in Hollywood where basically if you're an Asian actor you Come through here. 75% of the Asian actors who are um, uh, film sag card holders, Screen Actors Guild card holders, have gone through the East West players. The idea was to be a place where. Asian people could come and act without having to do stereotypical Asian roles. Uh, So I like that as a mission. Uh, James Hong has been in over 500 films, and he got his start doing uh, voiceovers. In the 60s so just an incredible career now I mention all of this to also mention his total net worth after 500 films is 8.5 million and that's a lot of money to you and me but in Hollywood that's a fucking pittance
0: has he ever been like a leading character in a
1: movie? So he has, uh, I think probably Chinatown and Big Trouble in Little China were the more noteworthy of his screen roles. Okay. But he was also all over TV Um, so that was The New Adventures of Charlie Chan, Hawaii Five-O, um, A Leading Man? No because we don't make Asian actors leading anything. We don't make Black actors leading anything. We don't... no. No, I don't think that he ever would have qualified for a leading man role. He was in five
0: episodes of Dynasty.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go. So, $8.5 million net worth. It'll be, it'll come up a minute when we get to some other people. Okay, let's see. Good to bad. Let's go here with, yeah, Lucy, who is mostly harmless. Um, Lucy Lou as Master Viper. I think the only potentially controversial thing you could accuse her of doing was having her child via surrogate, which is arguable in some circles, but yeah, I think we're going to overlook that one today. We are also mostly going to overlook Angelina Jolie's blood fetish, especially because that was how many fucking years ago? That was a really long time ago. So long ago. And (laughs) I feel like when people talk about Angie and come back to that repeatedly over, it just... It's weird to me man I
0: have a lot of other issues with Angelina Jolie but uh, I think it's okay like...
1: to have other yeah. issues with Angelina Jolie there are places to have legitimate issues with her her white saviorism I think that's the
0: biggest
1: one yeah uh, it's the it's the it's the fact that
0: it seems like the area she adopted from, shortly after she adopted her children from were the areas that like tons of corruption were found yeah Yeah. to
1: adoption i noticed that too there's also the potential issues of her as an iroquois princess oh i didn't know anything about that (laughs) oh oh, which to be fair i'm not entirely sure that's Hers, but rather her mom's okay. legacy. And her mom is who now? I forget. Um, let me get there. Her, her mom, dad is John Voight. Yeah, her dad is John Voigt. Marshalline mom, Bertrand. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if I'm saying that right.
1: Mm, close enough. Who was later married to? Um, Uh, Her husband...
0: Bill Day and John Trudell.
1: John Trudell, who founded the All Tribes Foundation. So they were doing work with Native cultures. And she had always claimed lineage that to the best of my knowledge, has not been provable. Uh, Wikipedia, you know, that bastion of knowledge, (laughs) says that she claimed to be of Iroquois ancestry, although her only known Native American ancestor is a Huron woman. So, like... It does seem like there's something there, but maybe not the grand lineage. Yeah, I feel like that whole issue,
0: and not just, like, here, but with uh, people in general claiming Native American lineage is, like, such a rat's nest of... Like, I'm sure there are people who actually are, but there are a lot of people who actually aren't, and I'm not the person who's gonna sit here and untie it because it is
1: No, it's (laughs) and and it's not my culture to speak No, I know nothing about Or like make any judgments on Although I have a lot of Native friends, and there seems to be some really mixed feelings about this, even amongst yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, hey, we're all dead, and there are none of us left, so right. if you got a little bit, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And there are many others who are like, uh, not quite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not, let's... Well, like anything, it's not a black and white it issue. It is not a black and white And issue. not everybody feels the same way about it.
1: So again, I don't know that that one is entirely Angie's legacy. Her most recent um, controversy, we'll say, was the um, op-ed that she wrote for the New York Times after she had her double mastectomy and um, I can't remember if she had a full complete hysterectomy for uh, after she was positive for BRCA Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so her mom I guess died at 56 from ovarian cancer so so there we go that's relatively Angelina Jolie I think on a scale here we let most of her shit go a lot of her shit is, like, she's just kind of crazy. hmm And I kind of think, given her parentage, we'll right. say, and the way that she was raised, mm-hmm. she's relatively sane, all things considered.
0: I guess so. I don't know.
1: I mean... Some of the children of Hollywood have right turned out really interesting. At least she's not a scientologist. There you go. <laughs> so that's as the- far as we know. As far as we know. Okay, um let's go. I think we'll hit Jack next because Jack's biggest scandal of late is when Donald Trump was elected president. He went out with Tenacious D and did a live performance of The Government Totally Sucks, which is an excellent song, by the way, if you've not heard The Government Totally Sucks. And are not a Tenacious D fan. I feel as though you're probably missing some things. Or you're a lot younger than us. Or maybe just... <laughs> man, Tenacious D's very much a fabric of my marriage. So... <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of think that Jack signed up to do this movie so that he could make hi-yah sounds. Oh, Yeah. Like, (laughs) that was the selling point for him. Yeah, I... Did you have any commentary on Jack at all? I have nothing to add about Jack Black. He's just Jack Black. I don't know. Film-wise, I've always kind of liked the work that he does. It's funny. It's not cruel. And I think he
0: just typically is playing himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like
1: I think the person he me. makes fun of more than anyone else is himself. himself. It's all very self deprecating. I think that's why it works so well for him. And I think that's always kind of been his shtick. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be an asshole, Jack. That's really that's that's what we're after at this point in time. Um Speaking of not being an asshole, we should probably talk about Seth Rogen, <laughs> <laughs> who played Mantis. Um, This seems like kind of an earlier role for him, don't you think? It was actually an earlier role for him. And Seth's pretty inoffensive, too. He is politically liberal. He has certainly... Said some things, but who hasn't in Hollywood really? Um, he recently launched his own weed line, so which is only expected. I mean, honestly, I, I, I like color me shocked there, right? Yeah. He does a lot of really good charity work for all, um, Alzheimer's. His wife, Lauren Miller-Rogan, her mom mm-hmm. has Alzheimer's. And so they do a lot of charity work around that issue. Um, they recently did, I guess, a carnival with Tony Hawk, whose mom also has okay. Alzheimer's. And um, so that's great. Um I have an article that I'll include in the show notes about um, the movie *The Interview*, which I will confess to not having seen. I think it was certainly his most controversial film. And Seth says in this article that it's one that he wishes he'd gotten more questions about. Okay. That he wishes somebody would have stopped him. Not that somebody would have stopped him, but that with his other stuff, it is so far beyond the line that there were a lot of conversations about no you can't do this and mm-hmm. he'd push back and say, no, really. But he said the process really tightened things up. And as a writer, as an actor, I yeah. totally believe that Oh, okay, gotcha. It makes it much better work. And he It's said, like
0: that's the book that he wrote that nobody edited.
1: Right, right. So the interview was the one that nobody really pushed back on and mm-hmm. Given his stance there, it makes sense why that one would be so controversial. I think it didn't do. It didn't do well here. Well, because it had a really
0: weird distribution situation. Do you remember that nobody wanted to distribute it? And then well, it ended see, because like, what
1: happened was, it North Korea hacked Sony and yeah. leaked a bunch of really interesting crap. Most notably, Ben Affleck's slave owner situation. Do you remember that no. story? <laughs> oh yeah. Apparently, what year ben was this? Affleck, No, the Affleck family. Family owned slaves. Okay, all right. Not Ben. Affleck. Not Ben personally. <laughs> no, no, no. But the Affleck family line owned slaves, and it was a piece of information that was released when North Korea hacked Sony about this movie. So,
0: okay. why then... did Sony have that in Like, what? Just like, so they could be ahead of it in
1: like a PR stance. I would assume that would be the case, yes, but it is admittedly. All right. I know exactly why I don't
0: remember any of this. My son, this movie was released on December 11th, 2014. My son was born on December 13th.
1: Oh, okay. So you were dying and (laughs) like ready to. Like, how did I miss Ben Affleck's Slaves? I don't know. Now you know. Now you know. You're welcome. I'm glad I could fill in this hole in pop culture for you. Like, I mean, I what remember, would you do? I remember the whole Sony hack
0: and like all that. I know it was a thing, but then as soon as you said it just now, I'm like, you know what? I really don't know anything about that. <laughs> Which is odd.
1: Uh, now I know. When our personal history interferes with world events. I, yeah. I definitely, I know okay. how that one goes. <laughs> so that was... That was Seth Rogen, I think, and I feel like he's actually done the introspection there on his own, in a sense, so we let it go. So, has he,
0: like, self-removed himself, self-removed himself? Has he, like, consciously removed himself from, like, the sphere of James
1: Franco? That I cannot answer. I'm curious. So, we will get into, actually, because that's not a terrible question, the defending of bad behavior. That's up next, in fact, with our next guest, David Cross, as Master Crane. David Cross is... So he's an interesting guy who constantly pushes the limits because he's a comic. And I'm, I really, I have very mixed feelings about censoring comics in particular because I do feel like it's their job relatively speaking, to push the limits of what is socially acceptable, to make us uncomfortable, to make us feel things that we wouldn't ordinarily feel, but that's on stage. When they're not on stage, they are still held accountable to the same social norms that the rest of us are. and. Here, I mean, this one is insane. So, in July of 2018, he was accused of being... Oh, no, I guess it's been longer than that. It was in 2017. He was accused of being racist in a Twitter thread because he was making... I can't believe this, of all things Asian jokes to Charlene Yee, which I think is probably a little beyond the line. And what's really bad is he didn't apologize. The article I have here is an interview with his wife, Amber Tamblin another thing he didn't really apologize for was the... Okay, so we briefly discussed... No, I don't think we did talk about Jeffrey Tambor. I think when we did um, Tangled, it was the first time that we'd come up against an actor with... Right. A past we kind of
0: walked into it without and, and, having prepped anything, and he has such a teeny tiny role in that right, movie that we, that we just, just kind of
1: glossed over it because yeah. we weren't sure how to address it then. So Jeffrey Tambor was accused of onset sexual harassment of Jessica Walter, and the rest of the cast in. Including Mr. Cross, I guess, kind of went, hmm, Jeff's a good guy. So, we're not talking about explicit bad behavior here, but we certainly are talking about excusing other people's bad behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not sure. Here's another one. One more in the David Cross lineup. Uh, He promoted a set at the University of Utah wearing Mormon undergarments.
0: Uh, So he was wearing the Mormon undergarments? Yeah. Okay. So if you're not aware, Mormon undergarments are like very, I guess, sacred to them as yes. a religion. You only get to wear them when you've been sealed, which is like the big adult step into the Mormon like religion, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. I only know No <laughs> I but know what I know from Big Love.
1: <laughs> and or Mormon mommy bloggers. I mean and let's Mormon be real mommy here. bloggers. But
0: We all joke about Magical Mormon underwear, right? We do. But I would never get up on a stage wearing Magical Mormon underwear. Correct. Right. Correct.
1: So, that's David Cross. Do we excuse his bad behavior because he's only an asshole? I don't know. I do know that I haven't been able to find anything for him recently, which means he is either unhirable or laying low. It is difficult to say, but it is certainly... I would not
0: be surprised, and with the atmosphere, especially surrounding comedians, what it is at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just... Diffic- like he is not being hired for things because nobody wants to take a risk on somebody like him. Not that even him guess.
1: specifically, right? Just
0: someone. I'm sure like there's him. other comedians that are in that same. There may well be. Bucket, you know, the let's wait and see bucket.
1: There may well be. So, that is, the David Cross bucket. I don't know, personally, if I would hire him for anything else, but I'm... I've just never really liked him (laughs) as an actor. I've just never been a fan. Um, I don't know. He's (laughs) never been one of my favorites either, honestly. And I... For no real reason. I have no real reason. I don't actually think he's that funny.
0: Just sometimes you look at somebody and you're like, I don't like that person.
1: I, (laughs) you know, I, I am a fan of stand-up comedy and I will watch some questionable shit and I will also really I, typically really like the stuff that everybody's like you can't mm-hmm. say that on camera. Usually that's the stuff that I find funniest. I've just never found David Cross that funny. Um. Okay. That leaves us with, yeah, I think their order is thus. Let's talk about Jackie Chan. And you're gonna
0: talk about Jackie Chan before you're gonna talk about Ian McShane. Yes, I am gonna talk okay. about Jackie Chan. All
1: right. I, I know. I know. Right. This
0: is. I didn't know anything about Ian McShane, so this is all new to me. So. Okay.
1: Alright. So, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. Jackie Chan's interesting because. He is personally probably a pretty good guy. He seems to do a lot of good charitable work. He certainly has donated a lot of money to a lot of places. Speaking of money, his personal net worth, see, I told you I'd get back to this, (laughs) is $400 million. Now... Most of that probably doesn't come from his American films.
0: No. He is, like, I
1: don't know. Who would you, like, compare him to? Well, I don't know. Because I don't know, know that there is anybody. We know from, so, the Panama Papers was <laughs> a big thing. And mm-hmm. we know he is in, was involved, at least in some way, in those international transfers. hmm but it's a reasonable assumption that most of Jackie's money comes from China. Right. Mainland China. Where he recently... Um, and he's been in the pocket of mainland China for quite some time. hmm But most recently... Has been very dismissive of the Hong Kong and Taipei protests. He was born in Hong Kong. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He has, I guess, a couple of houses in Beijing, though.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, on a personal level, it appears that he does good works. Do those good works matter when we stack them against the utter atrocities of the Chinese government? And I don't think I have to really list the atrocities of the Chinese government or that There's
0: I think there's a difference between being somebody who has like a connection to China as like he does. He's very like connected to China. Sure, right? That's where his success comes from. Mhm. There's a difference between being a person who has that connection and not directly speaking out against it and being a person who has that connection and
1: dir- directly speaking out for it. Right? Well, and I also think you have to acknowledge, like it or not, speaking out against China isn't really good for your health. No, right.
0: And that's it. Like, I don't expect him or somebody in his position to be vocal about being not, against what's
1: happening. Not as long as he lives and works right. in China
0: for his own safety and the safety of his
1: family. And he is pretty embedded. So it's not just his wife and um, I believe a daughter, but there is, I believe his parents are still alive and in Hong Kong and that's, um, that's a real, real fear when we're talking about China. And that's why I put him third on the list because while it's tough, To justify any of his behavior or support him in any way, it's also difficult to criticize him for most of it. It is what it is. It's... I wouldn't call him a victim of circumstance by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the man has $400 million, so Mm -hmm. he's certainly done well for himself being in bed with China. But that is the reality of what we're looking at here. Okay. So, yeah. Number two. Mr. Ian McShane. And I guess you're surprised because Ian's been a decent guy for a while now. I thought. I don't know. (laughs) It's all news to me today, this one. Okay. So... He was a pretty aggressive womanizer in the 60s and 70s. And in 1977, he had a relationship with Sylvia Christelle. They met on the set of The Fifth Musketeer. According to Christelle... It was very violent. They had a fight when she was three months pregnant and she fell down the stairs. She never said she was pushed down the stairs. She just said she fell down the stairs. This relationship, by the way, was an extramarital affair and ended his second marriage. Um. And I believe he has been married to his third wife since 1980 and that I guess, I don't know, maybe knocked some sense into him. It's difficult to say. It is, however... Very indicative, I would say, of Hollywood and film at that time where we were very, very aware of men's bad behavior and we excused it and didn't care. Mm -hmm. And what we're left with then is a pretty amazing filmography all things considered i mean he is a character actor but ian has certainly managed to do some good work
0: nothing i mean he's Engine in deadwood and that's Mm -hmm. like an amazing role
1: Mm -hmm. he's he's really yeah i mean he did the Pillars of the Earth, which was pretty remarkable. He, um, American Gods, which I have not yet watched, but is on my it. list. But I've read the book. <laughs> yeah, I've read the book too. The, the show is on my list. He Although, not because of He was in, he was in like one, week one week.
0: or two episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm
1: hmm. Uh, Looks like one episode called The Broken Man, a character named Ray. That means nothing to me. It probably does mean (laughs) something to Game of Thrones fans. So that is Ian McShane. I mean, yeah, he's on good behavior now, I guess. And that's fine. We're still obviously hiring him. We're... Still giving him work. We certainly would probably give Roman Polanski a movie set if he could come back. I mean, so that's... Would we, though? They have in France. Would we? I kind of think so, yeah. Even now. Even now. But maybe I'm just personally very bitter about this and am not seeing much in the way of consequences for the men of Hollywood who have behaved badly. Which brings us to Dun dunna, Mr. Dustin Hoffman, who was accused in twenty seventeen of more than seven separate sexual assaults. Some of his victims have chosen to remain unnamed. This was obviously in the Weinstein Me Too heyday here. And it blew up in particular in a panel discussion for uh, the movie Wag the Dog where John Oliver was dealing with the elephant in the room. I have, I'll link this one in the show notes. You can watch Dustin react to the accusations and make your own judgments, I guess we'll say. You can make your own judgments. I will say from me, that watching that video and then watching this film and hearing some of the lines that he delivers as Master Shifu are a bitter pill to swallow.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And additionally, Dustin is a member of the... But he's a really nice guy club. Um, Most notably, Bill Murray, who has long been one of my favorites came out in the, but he's a really nice guy club. So that is Dustin Hoffman. So what do we take away from this? Well, we definitely won't be getting a fourth Kung Fu Panda movie.
0: No. (laughs) And what do you do with this information? When you watch movies
1: like this with your kid. With my younger children, nothing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. With my now 18-year-old daughter, we have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And because she, she will ask, "Okay, why haven't, I, I mean, she's got a really remarkable internal clock. Mm Of some kind. Why haven't I seen this person lately? Mm -hmm. So those things, especially in the last couple of years, have come up for her. But for the kids, no. And do we prevent them from watching these movies? God, no. Because then we'd have to have those conversations. Right. We're certainly not going to not watch The Secret Life of Pets because I'm not telling my sons about Louis C.K.'s inappropriate masturbation habits. What the fuck? No. Right. And, again, when this comes up with our kids' movies and all of this bad behavior, no, I don't think that you can... You either have to cut it all off. And say no anything, mm-hmm. or you have to let some of it slide for the sake of sparing yourself uncomfortable conversations. Is that right? I mean, I guess
0: we're at a point in media and entertainment where a lot of things are coming to light. So it's very hard to view any media at this point, right? Anything, right? anything that's not immediately current has some level of controversy attached to it at this point. There's very few things that are untouched by this at this point. No. Like we said, like Tangled. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just as small as like Jeffrey Tambor's, like what, maybe three lines entangled.
1: Maybe a few more than that. He sings it's the not song significant, at the though. end, but relatively no. He is a big character with, yeah. and I'm certainly not considering the rest of that movie and the implications therein, and how much I love that movie for the rest of the story that it right.
0: tells. And then, would you say? there's a difference between actors like these in voice roles versus live action roles.
1: That's an interesting question.
0: Because, and I, I, I knowing my son, he doesn't necessarily attach a voice to a person. He attaches the voice to the character, but in live action, he, attached, he knows that's a person. He knows that's a person. Right. Here,
1: it's just a character. We don't have the answers. No, we we don't. We're just, we're asking the questions here, and we're, for us, personally, at our house, this movie will continue to be watched yeah. for and many I think years to come.
0: The reality is you have to make your decision. You have to make the decision that's best for you and that's best for your family.
1: On all of these various and assorted Mm -hmm. issues, but this one really felt like a good place to talk about how we make that determination. What's okay, what's not okay, what we let slide. And do we let Dustin Hoffman slide? Yes, but I'm not showing my kids Tootsie anytime soon. Okay. So... Not that that one would have been really high up the list either, but... Right. There's there's some really remarkable work here that... Here's one. Rain Man, which I've always loved, given our family's personal history with autism and mm-hmm. how that plays out. And... I don't know that I will ever be able to watch that movie in the same way. Mm -hmm. I certainly am not going to watch it fondly with my autistic daughter. Mm -hmm. That might have happened at some point in time when she was a little bit older and could have appreciated this story for what it is. And on that note... Let's talk about that movie. Yeah, let's get to the movie, shall
0: we? <laughs> this movie opens with a really, really cute DreamWorks logo. Did you see it? Yes, it's so it's good. Like,
1: I love it.
0: It's in the same style as the um, the intro story that Poe tells, uh, like animation style. It's like a flatter animation style. Mm-hmm. And it's the little warrior, and he's the guy that runs up to the mountain, or runs up and jumps on the moon and is fishing. And is fishing. Yeah, it's a good one. hmm
1: I've always liked the DreamWorks Fisherman. It's one of my favorites, I think.
0: So, this is a movie with an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty That's pretty solid for an animated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to go back. I think I should go back in... Um, like put together the list of everything we've done and where they fall on Rotten Tomatoes because we've had some really noteworthy ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 2008, this was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film. It lost to WALL-E, and there was only one other movie nominated. It was Bolt.
1: So I think... (laughs) We'll get to Bolt at a later time. <laughs> I think Wally was the deserving. <laughs> yeah, I think Wally was the clear winner here. And not because this is a bad movie. This one deserved the nomination, no. certainly. Just Wally. Wally is... is remarkable.
0: Yeah, Wally is like a, a
1: special movie. Yes. Very special. So then we open on Poe telling his dream sequence. Man, I love this scene. Like, just. The whole meeting of the Fantastic Five, Mm -hmm. or the Furious Five, and then let's eat, and man, it's just so good.
0: Do you know anything about Kung Fu? Have you watched, like, Kung Fu movies at all? So,
1: I am a fan of Kung Fu, but I would not profess to be any kind of expert
0: yeah, no, I know nothing about kung fu, and I was just curious if this style, like, the way this movie introduces is, like...
1: Yes, it's... The dream sequence is pretty yeah. typical, yeah. Okay. There are... My suspicion is, and this was probably a loss, I should have asked my husband beforehand, but there are a lot of, like, homages to Oh, classic, I would bet, Yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu is,
0: like, a whole, like, genre that I (laughs) know nothing about. I mean, beyond, like, the fact that I've seen Kung Fu Hustle. (laughs) 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 Um, What is it? Uh, What's the... So there's the... What was that Western that just came out that was with Chris Pratt and The Magnificent Seven? The Magnificent Seven. Isn't that a remake of a kurosawa film
1: no i don't think it's a kurosawa film i think it's although
0: no it was a remake of the magnificent seven which was also a western but Mm -hmm. i believe that that i think that that magnificent seven was like the retelling of a kurosawa film as a western
1: Okay, <clears throat> so the original Magnificent yes. Seven was 1960, um, and you are correct. The hey, look is- at me go!
0: <laughs> so, my um, my experience with uh, kung fu or whatever, martial arts films, are kung fu hustle, and I've only seen... The most recent version of the Magnificent Seven, which apparently has some attachment to Kurosawa. <clears throat> oh, yeah, also Seven
1: Samurai. Yeah,
0: I know the that Kurosawa is spoken of in the Bare Naked Lady song.
1: Uh, one week. <laughs> wow, we gotta get you some kung fu.
0: Holy! Crap. Oh my god, my husband would love it. He he watches all of that.
1: I I just don't. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> So I will tell you that a good, I don't know, side door entry right now is on Netflix. It is called The Woo Assassins. I saw it. Yes, it was fantastic. (laughs) I don't know, it's just not,
0: if I'm gonna be like a stereotypical like girl, I just don't have any interest in martial arts kung fu films. I just don't.
1: (laughs) Okay. It's fine. It's fine. There was, there's also Into the Badlands, which I had to personally let go of because it's done in a very Walking Dead sort of blood Mm -hmm. and guts style and Mm -hmm. I just cannot, surprisingly most kung fu is not bloody. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of fighting, there's a lot of action, but there is not a lot of gore. So to install the gore was just a little too much for, I guess, my female Mm -hmm. sensibilities. But generally, I do like kung fu. So we have the intro sequence, and we have Poe waking up in the restaurant. So I have questions here. About the noodle dream? Not about the noodle dream About Poe's bedroom Like he's not even sleeping on the bed For one thing But is his bedroom even a bedroom Or is it just a residual Like extra dish storage room I don't think they're all dirty dishes from him Although I suppose that could be a conclusion One can draw here Yeah
0: I have no idea
1: I don't know But like (laughs) I was just really st- like, this is not a bedroom. This is like dish storage. He doesn't even, he's sleeping in the cupboard above the <laughs> restaurant. It's not even a bedroom. How is that any different than the cupboard under the stairs? I I don't know. I think Mr. Ping is a better dad well, for yeah. one thing. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> He adopted Poe of his own volition. We find that one out <laughs> in the second and third movies. Yeah. Which we probably won't be doing. Let's be real honest. I don't yeah, think we're don't going think. to this be coming back. This is one where
0: we're going to go into revisit. <laughs> no.
1: It seems unlikely. So we've got the dream sequence and then the whole lying about the noodle dream. which <laughs> noodle is, All dream. of that is just so funny to me. Like... He doesn't want to disappoint his right. dad. It's it's pretty sweet, I mm-hmm. think. I really like their relationship the whole way through the series.
0: So is this a good father-son relationship?
1: I think it's one of the best I've seen in, mm-hmm. in animation in a long time, mm-hmm. honestly. I think Mr. Ping... Because, like, he's not even... He doesn't even get that mad that Mm -hmm. Poe runs off to be a kung fu warrior. Mm -hmm. There's none of that really happens. He's never really disappointed. He just, when Poe comes back at the end of the movie, he just ties the apron on like, well, so this thing was done now, but he never is disapproving or stern or any of those things. It's just, okay, this Mm -hmm. is what we're doing now. I don't know. I think, relatively, he's a pretty good dad. We've bumped up some really terrible examples, though, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of some of the ones we've done lately, and really the Best, most healthy father-son relationship that comes to mind that we've reviewed in the past is Happy Feet. And that's a terrible father-son relationship. <laughs> so, like... Everything about it's terrible. Everything about it was
0: terrible. It's bad and they should feel bad. They all should feel bad.
1: They should all feel bad. Okay. Um. So, I don't know. Let's... Skip ahead to (laughs) the choosing of Poe. Yeah. With the fireworks. Yes. And
0: he's trying to see the thing. And And the, I
1: I, want to learn kung fu. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I love how that, like, evolves into his, like, his, uh, what's the word I want? How he becomes epic because of that introduction Mm -hmm. at the Dragon Scroll ceremony. Mm -hmm.
1: How he rides in on fire. He rides in on fire. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Tai Lung is talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That becomes
0: part of his legend. Right. And it's so much
1: more like, like all legends. In fact, and I think possibly that is what we get a little bit of here. That. The creation of legend mm-hmm. is so frequently a little bit more dramatic right. than it actually is.
0: So he gets chosen as the Dragon Warrior.
1: I just wanted to see who the Dragon Warrior was. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, I love that bit. I, I think I said I could probably quote this movie line by line, and I'm going to try not to prove it, really. <laughs> Really? Although, what's really going to bake your noodle is, would Tai Lung have escaped without Uguay saying he's going to escape?
0: Yeah, because he wouldn't have gotten the right duck feather. Right. That's a great question. So it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was a
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> um, we yeah. also have the excellent, excellent scene with the peach tree and... The, what is it? The sacred peach tree or whatever? This, I, I don't know what it's makes the... the they're all sacred <laughs> because they're all sacred objects. When, when we have... Uh, the when he goes into the hall of what the hell is that called? The hall of warriors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've I've never I've only seen paintings of this <laughs> painting, like they're all sacred. Panda, we do not clean our pits in the pool of sacred tears. <laughs> there we go. There's another, they're all sacred. They're just they're all sacred, but the sacred peach tree or whatever. And that's where we get the line about gifts and presents and. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all seen that on Facebook 50 billion times by now, but it is a good line. Then we have, I don't know, we have the five leaving cookies, almond cookies. That whole scene with positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. according to Wikipedia. Like there's a link and everything. Like this is how we train Poe the warrior with positive reinforcement, <laughs> with dumplings, and almond cookies. It's fine. That's definitely how I train a panda. And then we have I don't know the, but that's where the whole training sequence. You know what? What do we call those sequences? Montage. Yes, thank you. The word just left. The montage, that's Poe's Kung Fu Warrior montage. Wax on, wax off, get a dumpling. Then we have the big old battle. I mean, really, there's not much to this movie. No. I am surprised by relatively... And I was watching it today. There's... There's no action. I mean, there's a couple of fight sequences Uh relatively, but I was really struck by how much nothing there is relative. And my kids have always loved this movie. How is it that they love this with nothing to it?
0: One of the things that I noticed about this movie was that for a movie in 2008, it looks really, really good. Uh Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously the same can be said for Wally, which is a contemporary. A
1: um, uh, much different animation style, though. Right. I was watching this one on, so I bought myself a new computer monitor because mine died. And so my monitor now is a 22 inch TV mm-hmm. that I'm sitting like a foot and a half away from. <laughs> And so when I was watching it today I was really struck by all of the little hairs and all of the mm-hmm. little details. They did a remarkable job. It's with a the really well animated movie for this film. Yeah, I mean it's just amazing. And I Chifu think- in particular like you can see his tufts and he's got like this tree thing in between his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Another thing that I really appreciated about this movie um, was the body styling of the characters. Mm -hmm. I like how Angelina Jolie's uh, tigress is not, like, a ridiculously feminine body.
1: No, it looks mostly like a tiger.
0: Yeah, there's very little difference between, like, her model and the Tai Lung model, Right. Right. I like
1: that. There's no breasts. Right. (laughs) No. And even when we get to the third movie and the pandas, there's no real. And because that's the only one where I can think of that we've got a clear bunch of males and females. Mm -hmm. But there's no difference in the way that they're drawn relatively. Mm hmm. I like that one, too. And they're not drawn, like, even, um, what is her name? Viper. It's Mm -hmm. just Viper. She's got the little, maybe the bow, Mm -hmm. but she is by far the most feminine of our female characters, and that's, that's it. And I think part of that, too, is
0: what can you really do to, like, humanize a snake? You can't put it in clothes, hmm. right? So putting the fa- the flowers is about... The limit of what you have available. Well, I mean, I
1: suppose they could have gone with some lipstick or something, and thank God they didn't. (laughs) No, I I mean, and really, I'm I'm grateful that they didn't. They did not sexualize female animals, and Hmm. it's about goddamn time because, I mean, we talked about this actually going back to the penguins
0: in mm-hmm. happy, happy feet. feet
1: even norma jean like they did a lot to make mm-hmm. her appear feminine <laughs> there were not necessarily breasts but there was a different coloration to her there chest were totally area. breasts on that bird i mean that bird had breasts and she certainly did have lipstick mm-hmm. and eyeshadow and yeah. like weird things that yeah yeah.
0: One of the other takeaways I had from this movie is that the Furious Five is like for a um, a group made up of male and female characters like wh- you wouldn't know nothing about that is there's no romance in this movie
1: uh-uh. There's no romance in any of these three movies no because is... I don't
0: think I've ever seen any of the other ones.
1: And I would tell you that you should. Honestly, the second one is not as good. Mm -hmm. The third one is possibly just as good. It is rare that I say that about sequels. But in this case, both of these are really, really... I mean, it's just a good, solid trilogy. And the kids like Mm -hmm. all three of them. They will sit there and watch all three of them in one afternoon, which, you know, Mm -hmm. can't buy that kind of peace and quiet. (laughs) So... I do like these movies in general, and I like the way that they've told the stories, and I like that they're not romanticized. Mm -hmm. And I like that in general i like the care that they have paid to asian culture okay and i mean they did a remarkable job with the history and with the backstory and it's obvious they did their research
0: Mm -hmm. so what more about the plot do you want to hit on
1: Um, honestly, the only big thing for me that I really do love is the scene between Poe and his dad where we talk about the secret ingredient mm-hmm. and secret ingredient soup. Yeah, because
0: Poe, they open up the dragon scroll and it's there's nothing there. It's like a, a um, kind
1: of reflective material. And he says, "There's nothing here." And he hands it to Shifu, who says, "There's nothing here." Well, we better get the villagers out. And then Poe goes and finds his dad. So the secret ingredient is nothing,
0: right? So Poe goes no back to his dad ingredient. because they're he, they're clearing out the village, and that's when his dad tells him that the secret ingredient is nothing.
1: So, I guess we've got a nice message here, right, about how you can, I don't know, be anything you want to be? Is that what we're going I think so.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's... I think that's exactly what it's saying here. That you can be the Dragon Warrior if you believe you're
1: the Dragon Warrior. If you believe that you're the Dragon Warrior. And that
0: comes up, too, then, with his fight with Tai Lung,
1: because... Tai Lung loses his power. Yeah, I think that's or or Po just has more. I don't know that we don't ever really get into the specifics of the magical aspect here yeah. of the kung fu. So I, you know, and it's just mystical. It's mm-hmm. not magical. It's mystical. It's just more than I think. So. I don't know if Tai Lung loses his power, but he certainly... I I think we're supposed to walk away with the idea, too, of the enjoyment of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because Poe has such a good time with... Like their confrontation at the end. Oh yeah, that it, it's a game to him. Yeah, it's fun. It's not. I mean, it, it's obviously life or death serious, but it's also about the joy of the thing. Right. So, and then we have CeeLo Green. I mean, that's kung fu
0: fighting. Yeah, <laughs> with a little bit of Jack Black in there, I think.
1: I think maybe a little bit. It's a great, it's a great outro. Yes. I, I think there's some problematic history around that song. Oh, yeah. But we'll <laughs> leave that for somebody else because it's right. music. That's not our thing. We're talking about the movies. Somebody else can do the, the problematic music. That's, that's, that's not my bag, <laughs> baby. Okay. On the blubberability scale... This one has a couple of moments for right. me. Yeah, with Poe and his dad. Yeah, but they're like, they're not full-on weepers at right. any point in time. It's just little misty-eyed moments. So so we'll give this like a two. Um, What age? I don't know. Any age? I don't, I don't know, feel like it's this... not
0: real violence in no, this movie, right? It's
1: not. Like, good kung fu really should be. There should be fighting, but no actual violence to speak of. We we don't. Tai Long doesn't die that we see. He's, there's a cloud of light, and that's what we get. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think this is inappropriate at any age. Um, Halloween costumes. I wear this. I'd I wear don't this. know. Can you? I, I don't know. Are we wearing, so here's the question. You can dress one. up
0: as a tiger in the traditional, you know, outfit.
1: Hmm. But then are we wearing the clothes or are we wearing the anthropomorphized tiger? I don't know. Maybe not. That's tough one. I, like, I, I was fine until you said something and now I'm like, mm, but we're talking about some traditional outfits here. Sure. And I don't know. You could be Poe. Yeah, probably. Because he doesn't because wear any clothes. He doesn't wear any clothes. <laughs> He's just a giant panda. This one is probably well past asking this question at this point in time because you these never know. Are There's so always old. that kid that like latches onto something, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> They're my kids. I don't know. That,
0: if your kid is into it and really wants to wear the costume, that's going to be something you're going to have to figure out for yourself.
1: Well, I think that about wraps it up for us on this one. We didn't rate it. Oh, oh, well, then I guess we better rate it. <laughs> we got to rate it before we wrap it up. Um, oh, Let's see. This one's tough. From a st- pure story perspective, not talking about the actors at all. I'm going to give this one a four and a half.
0: I'm going to give this one... I was gonna give this one a three before you said that. Yeah, I'm a three on this one. Th-
1: that, that's fine. It's just
0: not my favorite. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. I'll throw it on in the background. My kid can watch it. I don't care. But I, I I'm not gonna sit get down stuck with in this one. it. Which and I think I will. is the same kind of thing that I said for Despicable Me, which I disliked much more than this movie. But I felt like I liked this movie enough to say I liked it but not enough to want to sit down and watch it with my kid when it's on.
1: Well, that's a fair three, <laughs> I'd say. That's that's what a three should be. I think so. I, I
0: think, think that's so. a good one.
1: So we are obviously now into the new season and the new changes. Please do let us know how you are liking things. Um, we're Latchkey Movies at... Gmail.com. We're not on Twitter. You can find us there, but we're not on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and we swear we are trying to be more active there. (laughs) If you have comments, complaints, questions, give us a call. That number is 402 885 4875.
0: And I was gonna say, let us know if you know some more bad things about the people we talked about today. But the reality is, I don't want to know. more I don't want to know. Things, so don't tell us.
1: The, like, this was kind of grim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. This was not one of our more. No, this was not going to be. Not
1: and and but. We're not going to get any clips out of this one for our highlight reel. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. It's all just shitty. <laughs> If you want to, you know, commiserate with us, you can find us or call us or shoot us an email. If you want to tell us how much you value our potential misery, (laughs) feel free to leave us a note on iTunes. We'd happily take a review of any kind at this point in time. I have learned that begging for iTunes reviews is pretty much what having a podcast is about. (laughs) You get to have the podcast, and then at the end of the episode, you get to beg for iTunes reviews. <laughs> this is what everybody does. We it's are no essentially
0: exception. like when you see a bus around the street and they have a hat
1: out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> help us. Help, help us. You. Leave <laughs> us a good review. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.